It's amazing how we uh, get to see a little glimpse of what it might have been like back in those times. Um, I love that, um, sh that show that's been airing for a while now, um, The Chosen. So uh, it, you can watch it for free on, uh, on the Angel Network, and it's really, um, it's really powerful to kind of see Scripture come alive in a different way, in a way that maybe is more real to us than perhaps reading it just from the, the Bible and helping us to kind of see what that area would be like. Um, again, it's always a pleasure for me to come and to share God's word with you. I do want to read again the scripture this morning, Mark 1, verses 29 through 34. It says, Now as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came in and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Now, I don't know about you, but if my mom is sick, it takes a lot to keep them down. Moms take a ticking and keep on take a licking and keep on ticking as they say right um it's it's no small miracle whenever you see a mom who has actually laid down sick because you know it takes a lot because they have this overwhelming need to help and to provide for as you saw in the show um as soon as she was healed she was up and trying to serve everybody that's the way moms are that's it's built into the dna maybe i don't know now dads on the other hand me myself it doesn't take much and i'm like oh my gosh i feel horrible and my wife's like come on it's not that bad so a lot of times you know to have that that challenge of whether you feel that way or not you can't really say to a mom well you don't know what i've been going through because the moms go through so much more <laughs> so when they carried your child you kind of have to be like okay all right you're right sweetie but first off this morning i do want to uh uh, start with prayer uh, and again thankful for our mothers who are here this morning heavenly father we are so grateful to be in your house and lord i thank you for the opportunity to share your word and the message that you have uh, put in my heart this morning lord i pray for each of the mothers here that you would continue to bless them and strengthen them and give them wisdom lord uh, and help them to uh, see clearly the path that you have chosen for them and guide their children down that path lord be that uh, strength and that support that they need and lord help us to continue to lift them up in prayer and their thoughts throughout the rest of this morning, but also, Lord, every day as they go about doing the things that mothers do. We thank you and we praise you. And we say this in the matchless name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So this morning to begin, um, I want to talk to you about how Jesus seeks us. Now, um, if you look back in the scripture, it says, Now, as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Jesus didn't say, oh, hey, bring everybody from the house and let's go talk. Jesus went to Simon Peter's house, to Andrew's house. He went there. Jesus seeks those who he knows needs him. It talks about that in a parable when he talks about the lost sheep, how the shepherd goes out. He leaves the 99 who are already safe, and he goes out looking for that lost one. Mark 1, verses 16 through 18 says, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. 
When I was younger, I enjoyed playing hide-and-seek with my mom. She could always find me, however, because I could not sit still for more than 30 seconds. Um, all of my people, uh, my family can attest to this. I have this issue. I just can't sit still. So in about 10 seconds into hide-and-seek, she, uh, she would find me because I'd be wiggling and moving. <laughs> I'd be trying to find uh, a better position to hide in, and she would come and find me. And then when it was my time to find her, I could never find her. It turns out that she used that time to kind of sit down and relax in the other room where I didn't know where she was at. So as a child, I would constantly uh, be awed that my mom could always find me. And it wasn't until I turned about 11 or 12 that she finally told me her secret, that I wouldn't, I could, she could always find me because I would move around. But see, Jesus seeks us out. He looks for us in those dark places. He looks for us in those places where uh, we feel the weakest. And that's where he comes and he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. How many times has Jesus stood at your door and knocked and waited for you to answer? You know, a lot of times in our lives we find ourselves um, lost or on a journey and we feel like we've been separated. That There's something blocking us. From Jesus. There's something that keeps us from feeling his presence in a powerful way. We talked about in our teen class this morning about church and about how we as a people, oftentimes one little thing can separate us from the love of God. One little thing can separate us from wanting to come to church to be together. It could be one sharp word. It could be one wrong move or one wrong thing said that could make it to where we no longer want to be part of something. Yet, um, as Major Amanda said in the teen class, we can go to McDonald's a million times and they keep getting our order back, but we keep going back again and again and again. So what is it that makes it so easy for us to drop what we have in the Lord, but so hard for us to let go of other things? Jesus seeks us out because he wants a relationship with us. He sought out Simon Peter and Simon Peter's mother-in-law for a reason. There are no small miracles. You know, my mom used to say, it's a small miracle that you were able to get through this. Or it was a small miracle that you were able to do that. But I want to tell you this morning, there are no small miracles. Jesus uses every moment intentionally. He is intentional about everything that he does, especially when he comes to someone's house to have fellowship, but also to interact with them. And in this moment, it's not just about healing Simon Peter's mother-in-law. It's so much more. As you saw in the video this morning, Jesus comes to make a connection so that those who are not with him, those who are left behind, they may feel that he is with them as well. It's not just that he's taking Simon Peter. He is with them. He wants to help them too. So Jesus not only seeks us, but he serves us. Verse 31, it says, uh, but Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever and they told him about her at once. So he came in and took her by the hand, lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her. Now, in the scripture, you may assume that this was just a regular run-of-the-mill fever. But in, if you go back into the ancient Greek, the same word used to say fever for her is the same raised word they talk about when they're raising Jesus from the dead, when they describe Jesus raising from the dead. So literally, she was at death's door, and Jesus came in, grabs her hand, and not only wakes her up, not only heals her, but immediately, immediately, she's better. She jumps out of bed, right? Immediately. Just as he served her, 
Jesus served the disciples. How many times have you seen someone serve you? How many times have you gone to a restaurant and someone served you? How does that feel when you have someone serving you? Imagine Jesus Christ, the Son of God, coming in and saying, let me wash your feet. Imagine Jesus Christ coming in and grabbing you by the hand and making everything, all the pain, all the misery just fade away. Making everything that was wrong in that moment better. Just because we find ourselves lost or hurting doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't want to still be with us. It's not us that are separated from God. It's not by us, by Jesus that separates or by the world. It's us choosing to separate ourselves from God. Let me say that again. It's not by the world or by Jesus' fault. It's us choosing to walk away. Jesus is always there. I love that scripture where he's like, I stand at the door and knock. It shows he's always ready, always available, always willing to be there with us. How many times can you say that you're ready that you're always available, that you're always on task and open to anything. How many times has God called on you to serve and you said, okay, God, not right now, but next week looks good for me. Let me check my calendar and I'll tell you when I'm available. How many times in your life have you heard God's calling to serve and you said, just wait a minute, just hold up. But not only does Jesus come to seek us, to serve us, he comes to save us. At the evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. It's not just the healing that saves people. It's the building of that relationship. The healing is just the avenue or the door that he chooses to use to bring people closer to him, to let them see. How many times in Scripture has God done amazing, miraculous things so that his people would see him, so that his people would come to him and know his name? Moses in the burning bush, parting the Red Sea, taking down the walls of Jericho, all these things, all these miraculous things that God chooses to use the weak and the mild and the meek to make amazing things happen, and miraculous things. Gideon and the 300, from thousands and thousands of, of soldiers, God whittles it down to 300. There are so many times in history where God chooses an individual who you would think that you would count out, who you would think but there's not any way, any hope for them, and he turns it around and he uses them. Joseph in Genesis, where God takes him and literally from abandonment from his brothers to slavery, to serving in the Pharaoh's house, to becoming second only to Pharaoh in Egypt. And because he went through all of that, he literally saves all of Israel. But had Joseph not gone through the imprisonment, the slavery, the, the abandonment by his brothers, had he not gone through all those things, he would never have gotten to that point where God used him to save his entire people. 
You know, I can't tell you how many times my mom has saved my life, yanking me back when I saw something shining in the road or a snake that looked like a perfectly good thing to play with. <laughs> or while time and time again, I would climb up to the very top of the tree and she would say, Joseph Dwayne Bottoms. And I knew I was in trouble then. You throw that middle name in, hey, that's it. Mothers know how to get your attention and how to, how to save you and, and keep you from danger in those moments. But you see, Jesus seeks us, he serves us, and he saves us, but he does all those things so that we can serve others. Verse 31b says, and she served them. This woman who was at death's door, who was ready to, be, to die, she was at that moment, and Jesus brings her back not only to, to where she's living, but to where she's the point where she jumps up out of bed and she begins to serve them. Can you imagine being at death's door in one moment and the next minute jumping up and beginning to serve? Some of us, we are at the point where we just get so frustrated. We're tired from work. And when God says, I need you to reach this person, you're like, God, it's been a bad day at work. I've been helping people all day. I'm tired. How many times has Jesus come and sought you out, has served you? has helped you see past those things that are bothering your heart and in your life? How many times has he made those small miracles that have changed your life? How many times has he brought the right person to you at the right time when you desperately needed them? When he helped solve that one issue that you were going through, that ailment that you had been feeling for so long, and finally he brings you into the right place at the right time for the release, for the relief that you need. So many times Jesus has saved us. So many times he has brought us back from the brink. How do we repay him? How do we make it to where we are even Stephen again? It's a trick question. There's no way that we can make ourselves even with God. But the one thing we can do is make ourselves available to serve him. In fact, Mark 1.17, he says this, Come, follow me. And I will send you out to fish for people. How many of you all would feel comfortable this morning if God said, okay, I want you to go out. There's a person out on the side of the walk. I want you to talk to him. How many of you would feel comfortable this morning that go out and say, hey, there's this lady I need you to talk to. I just need you to tell her about me. What would your response be? It's no small miracle that gets us to act, that gets us to move. And the grace and the power of Jesus. How many times have we faltered and failed because we allow the things of this world to distract us? He didn't just do this once. He sent out the 12. Then he sent out 72. And each time they came back sharing what they had done, driven out demons, healed the sick, brought the dead back to life. These are things that other people did, not just Jesus. He empowered them to do that. And so why not now? Why not here? Why not today? It's no small miracle that Jesus went to Peter's house that day because that led to his mother-in-law being healed, which led to an entire town knowing who he was, an entire town being healed, demons being thrown out. When Jesus moves, it's for a reason. When Jesus seeks us out, it's so that we can make a difference in the lives of others. When Jesus saves us, we are empowered to serve others, to bring others to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
And finally, it says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up stakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. It's amazing how we see in scripture, the 12 went out, the 72 went out. How many of us are going to go out? How many of us will reach out and share the love of Jesus with somebody else? How many of us will reach out and help someone else experience the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? He seeks, he serves, and he saves us. The question is, is are we willing to serve others? One time, way back in the day, William Booth was trying to find a way to inspire all of the people in, under his command. And he decided to send a telegram. And in that telegram, he sent one word, others. When I was in Sunday school, uh, one of my spiritual moms, Mary Wilkins, she taught me this song. It's J-O-Y, J-O-Y, this must surely mean Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. This morning, I want to ask you, maybe you haven't received that saving knowledge of Jesus. Maybe, maybe you haven't seen his working in your life, and maybe this morning you need to come down and allow him to seek you out. He's standing at that door, knocking, waiting for you to open it. Maybe you have seen him. Maybe he has been working in your life, but you have not been seeking out his will in your life. Maybe you haven't been going out and sharing with others. I've challenged each of the teens over this next week to find someone and share one verse of scripture with them that means something to them. And then share with each other what it's about, what happens. I'm interested to see how Christ moves through each and every single one of them. And I'm interested to see how Christ moves through each and every single one of us. It's no small miracle that Jesus came to Simon Peter's house that day. It's no small miracle that he woke her up from near death. And she immediately, the first thing she thought of was to serve them. What's the first thing you think of in the morning when you wake up? What's the first thing that you think of when Christ and the Holy Spirit speaks into your heart. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up stakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So I ask you this morning, when you walk out these doors, where will you go? Who will you serve? So as the music plays this morning, I'm going to invite you all to come down and kneel at the altar and allow the Lord to speak to your heart. And maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe it's something that you don't know the answer to. But God is here, and he's standing at the door, and he's knocking, and he's just waiting for you to let him in. So he can help you with that problem, with that difficulty, with that circumstance. 
So as the music plays this morning, I invite you to come. I invite you to come to pray for yourself, for the mothers in this room. I, I invite you to pray to come and to share time with your mothers. Maybe pray with your mothers if, you're, if they're here. Spend time thanking the Lord for the gift that he gave them, that he gave you in them. But these altars are open this morning. Come and seek him out.